Touch em up podcast. I'm your host, Double M, and you have our co-host here, Big Daddy V. And we're starting a new journey on the Touch Em Up podcast, giving it a little bit of a twist, giving it a little bit of ruthless aggression. (laughs) So we're going to start from 2002 all the way up until 2007. Pay-per-view reviews, action figure lines, WWE CDs, and WWE magazines. From here on out, this is Touch Em Up, Ruthless Aggression. Ruthless Aggression! All right, guys. So as you you found out, um, this is going to be a new segment we do. Um, maybe weekly, maybe every other week, we're going to start from 2002 after the WWE draft. So I don't want you guys thinking we're going like yearly anthologies here. We started it off right as WWF was transitioning into WWE. Right when they were getting the F out. Yeah, right when they were getting the F out. So WWE Backlash 2002 was the last WWF branded pay-per-view before they switched it over the WWE before and they got the F out. yeah, before they got the F out. Um, so it's going to be, we, we were going to, we can talk about the draft, but we're probably going to save that for another episode. But if this first episode sucks, Dick, like, like, like you guys can let us know because we didn't, I'm not going to lie. I watched the show. Yeah. through like half of it. And like, I was still like paying attention, but not that much. Cause I was talking to people. So like, yeah, my bad. It's okay. I uh, I watched some of it, like he said, but we kind of faded out in and out of it a little bit. So we watched some highlights to like refresh our memories. Um, Ooh, ev- yeah. Everything from here on out, we're going to be w- a lot more prepared with the pay-per-view reviews. A lot more professional. Yeah, a lot more professional. I'm going to start wearing a tie to leads. You guys can't see it, but I'm going to start wearing a tie. A tie and sweatpants like a good old Mick Foley. Big bang! <laughs> But um, yeah, I, I I mean, this is the thing that there is podcasts already that are completely dedicated to the ruthless aggression era because that was when all the guys who are kind of fading out right now. That is when everybody kind of came into the light. That's when the Rock and and you know Stone Cold and you know everybody else kind of faded off a little bit. But then it gave way for guys like John Cena to make his debut as the prototype in the WWE. You got Evolution who debuted in like 2003, 2004. You had the 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 really the the actual introduction of the legend killer Randy Orton. You had, you know, Mr. Monday Night Rob Van Dam. You had the true introduction of SmackDown actually becoming like their own brand. That's what the cruiserweight division with Tajiri, um Billy Kidman. Yeah, Billy Kidman. Rey Mysterio after a while. Yeah, I think I think Chavito. Uh, you had I don't think Rob Van Dam. He was in the he was the U.S. title in like 04. I don't think he ever went after the cruiserweight title. No, definitely not. 
But you had. I always see him with like the IC title. He was never the US champ, but there was, I think they had a match at like Great American Bash that was like. A four corner? Yeah, it was like Booker T, John Cena, RVD, and. I think so. Look at this off the head. I mean, it's just like there was so many guys, and SmackDown really came into its own. I mean, you had Los Guerreros, you had Edge and Kurt Angle as a tag team, you had Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit. Edge and Rey Mysterio. You had. The. Fucking team angle. You had the Basham brothers in like 04, which I don't really. Oh, yeah. Were they actually like a good team? I don't fucking know. I don't remember. I just remember they were fucking. They had gimp gimmicks. Gimp gimmicks? Yeah. Oh, like they didn't. They were. Weren't they? Wasn't Shaniqua like their dominatrix? Yeah. 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 They dressed in leather. And then, uh, I mean, it's just this is when SmackDown really became like the thing. I think back in 04. In 03, everybody wanted to see SmackDown. Nobody really cared about Raw. 2002 was the introduction of what we now come to know as the Beast Incarnate Brock Lesnar. It was, <laughs> it was here comes the pain. You had him, you know, show up and just kind of, I think when he debuted, he F5 Rikishi. Like he showed up on Raw and, uh, and clotheslined Rikishi and then gave him an F5. I know he beat the fuck out of Swag Dudley. He, he, he did, did beat the shit. Yep. Yeah, and then, I mean, obviously we're going to talk about Backlash 2002, and on that show he had a match with Jeff Hardy, and that's really when he, <laughs> Vince is wearing the, the Jeff Hardy shirt. But this is really when, like, this is when everything kind of, like, came to be, and, and it was more about wrestling on SmackDown. On Raw, I think it was more about the storytelling and the factions, and on SmackDown it was more the – you know, the cruiserweight division and Brock Lesnar versus Kurt Angle, the introduction of John Cena transitioning from the prototype to the doctor of thugonomics. You had the tag team division with, like we already said, Los Guerreros. Um, I think, I think uh, Rey Mysterio teamed with somebody. Was it Edge? Did yeah, it, Edge, Edge and Mysterio, Mysterio were a team, right? Um, what else was on SmackDown? Obviously, the, the American Badass was a, a huge part of SmackDown. And as we get into 2002, you know, we're going to talk about the Hell in a Cell match that Undertaker and Brock Lesnar had at No Mercy. We're going to talk about, you know, Undertaker versus Stone Cold was a match on here. This is kind of oh, hell yeah. This is kind of the real American badass. It started in 2001 at a close to WrestleMania. It actually started in 2000 because he came back towards the end of the year. That was I would say it's more Big Evil Undertaker. Yeah. Than the American badass. Yeah, yeah. I think American Badass was like 2001. Big Evil was 02, 03. Yeah, I, yeah. like, you know, I put the Kid Rock in the Lump Biscuit song with mm-hmm. American Badass. Mm-hmm. And, what was it, Jim Johnston? That's the guy who did the... Oh, yeah. The... Yeah, I can't do it either. I don't know why we can't... Oh. I'm not going to sing. Yeah. Oh, you turn around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. I, I know what you're talking yeah, about yeah. now. Um, there's actually a really cool video of him uh, on the Chris Van Fleet podcast, which, by the way, I don't really like to shout out other podcasts on here. I mean, I'll give people their credit when it comes to MMA, but wrestling, I like to keep it, you know, talking about us because yeah. we're trying to take this shit over. We're going to the moon. <laughs> well, Cameron Grimes. <laughs> Cameron Grimes and the Ruthless Aggression Era podcast. We're starting off hot. Oh, yeah. Damn. 
Damn, did you guys know that the Road Warriors was uh, a Heidenreich and Road Warrior animal? It was actually the Legion of Doom. Oh, yeah, the Legion of Doom. I can't wait until we get to talk about Heidenreich and Snitsky and... Uh, the world's largest love machine. Viscera. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Man. I can't wait to talk about the pirate Paul Birchall. <laughs> and Katie Lee Birchall. Incest? Um, <laughs> I mean, um, <laughs> Ooh. Keep it family friendly. Yeah, I mean, it is a ruthless aggression podcast. We can make this explicit. Ruthless. It's okay. Is it toothless aggression or ruthless aggression? Oh, Lord. Yeah, a lot, too. Oh. <sighs> All right. We have no choice. Let's see what's on the show yet. Yeah, okay. So we'll start <laughs> off with obviously. So, Backlash 2002, the theme song for. Backlash 2002 was The Young Girl Old, I think, by Creed. I believe that's what it was called. So it was on April 21st, 2002. I think this was the first pay-per-view that took place after the the draft, the original brand split happened between Raw and SmackDown. Um, yeah, it took place in Kansas City, Missouri on April 21st, 2002 um, at the uh, High-V Arena. And then I think... Don't know how many fans are in attendance, but I guess that doesn't really matter. It doesn't um, matter what your name is. It, it doesn't <laughs> matter. Uh, what else happened? So, I mean, obviously, this pay-per-view, like we said, we're not going to sit here and bullshit you guys. We didn't fully pay attention to everything. But the beginning of the show, besides the opener, which was a banger. The opening match was pretty lit. The opener was great, but everything after that was kind of eh. Like, it didn't really. It was like a roller coaster. You went up, you went down, you went up again, then you went down again. Yeah, and then at the end of the pay-per-view, obviously, I mean, this is kind of going to be, okay, we're not going to go through, like, I don't want you guys to think that this first episode of the podcast is going to be how it's going to be all the time where we just kind of talk off the top of our heads and try to talk about shit. I ain't like that, fam. After this, every other pay-per-view review, we're going to have like really detailed descriptions. We'll talk about the storylines going into everything. But for this first one, we just wanted to get it out and get it started because I think it's it's better to get the ball rolling than to yeah. keep the ball, you know, in the closet for so many years. <laughs> yeah, I kind of – oh, damn. Damn. That was, Of all the things I could have said <laughs> – it's nice. okay. It's okay. We couldn't say keep him in the cage. We could keep the ball in the box for for a little bit longer. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, anyway, what a way to start this off. Oh my. Um. Fuck. All right. All right. All right. So, either way, let's start it off. We'll talk about the card. So, first up for the cruiserweight championship, you had Billy Kidman defending the the championship against. Tajiri, who was accompanied by Tori Wilson, because Tori Wilson was, I guess, Tajiri's love interest, his manager, his girlfriend. Yeah. yeah, his girlfriend going into this. Later on in the year, you got a whole storyline between um, Billy Kidman and Tori Wilson kind of having a thing. I think they, had- they were actually married in real life for a point, weren't yeah. they? I remember like listening to this other show, and they were talking about how, like, him and Tori were together in WCW too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, well, all I remember, because I I remember a lot of stuff from this era because this is when I really started getting into it. So I remember like I saw Backlash 03 back on pay-per-view back in the day. I saw 
Um, I remember like the, I think the first VHS tape I bought of like, I think DVD was Unforgiven 2002. Cause I remember the cover was Brock Lesnar. And then on behind him, it said Unforgiven with like black and white. Um, I mean, no mercy 2002, the pay-per-view poster was Kane's mask just with no mercy underneath it. Let me tell, let me tell you guys something back in the day, you know, DVDs and, and that shit is kind of phased out at this point, but back in the day, 2002, 2003, 2004, man, you used to roll up to Best Buy every, you'd know exactly what days the pay-per-view DVDs were coming out. You'd roll up there and you'd grab it and you'd come home, you know, you pop it in and you'd watch that shit like 10 times. Like you wouldn't, I remember, um, getting the, the judgment day, 2005 DVD and it had John Cena on the cover with like, he's looking down over like the boulder, but it's like a mirror and you see his face. You dude, the pay-per-view posters and the marketing back then was so much better than what we get now. I mean, we don't really get, you could, if you go after a pay-per-view and go to a Walmart or a target, you might be able to stumble across one paper, one wrestling DVD back in the day. You roll up to Walmart. They have 30, 40, 50 stacked up in one wrestling display. You roll up to Kmart back in the day. You know, it, it was, it was just shelves and shelves and shelves of WWE and, you know, DVDs and VHS tapes back when they had Suncoast video back in the mall. Um, you know, FYE, Sam Goody, that, that was the day. That's when, that's when you wanted to be a wrestling fan. I mean, it's just different now. Everything's on the network. It's on the, it's on the cock. <laughs> it's on the cock. The, the peacock that is. Yeah. <laughs> the peacock. The peacock. Sorry, this this ruthless aggression podcast isn't going to be the most family friendly, no. but it wasn't family friendly back in that era either. As you get in some of the, into this some is of the storylines, fourteen. <laughs> By the end of the show, I'm, I'll make sure it's TVMA. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh yeah, Billy Kidman, Tori Wilson. That's a Jerry match. They had a match at Rebellion. I remember between Don Marie and John Cena versus versus Tori Wilson and Billy Kidman. And then at the end of the match, Billy Kidman and Tori Wilson made out. But I didn't. They weren't really known as a couple at that point in WWE. I don't even know if they were officially, but I'm pretty sure they were because they made uh, I don't out. Know if um, I saved that for that like show. What? How um, Don Marie um, fuck Tori Wilson's dad to death. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that when we get to it. Uh, but yeah. that was kind of the lead up to everything. I mean. You know, I feel like this Tajiri and Tori Wilson thing, I don't know because I don't remember every pay-per-view from back then. I didn't watch every show in these 2002. Mostly my first time seeing these shows, I won't lie. I want to say if I if I had to guess how it goes, I'm sure Tori Wilson turns on Tajiri, aligns with Billy Kidman, then Kidman and Tori Wilson go into the feud with Don Marie and John Cena. And then Cena and Kidman at some point in 2002 were a tag team in the tag team championship tur- tournament on SmackDown. Brock Lesnar to Jerry were a tag team. No, they weren't. Yes, they were. No, they weren't. Yes, they Are were. Are you serious? I am like 85% sure. They were not. I s- we're looking this up we're right We're looking now. it up right now. This is not a thing. This is, I swear to God. Let's see. My man, you can't spell for shit. Shut up. <laughs> to Jerry and Brock Lesnar. It says they had a fight. I'm sure they couldn't go. I'm telling you, they were a tag team. Yep. See. Oh my God. Told okay. you they were. Okay, so Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar and Rey Mysterio were a team too. Yeah, I remember that. Brock Lesnar like saved Rey Mysterio from getting attacked. We're getting really off. Here we track. go. Here we go. The tag team tournament right here. Oh yeah, look at that. See? It was Edge and Rey Mysterio versus Brock Lesnar and Tajiri. 
Damn, that's kind of crazy. I never knew that. We're going to have to review that whole tournament. Yeah, well, we're definitely going to talk about the tournament. Um, but this isn't only going to be, like we said, this isn't only going to be pay-per-views. It's going to be, you know, toy lines from back in the day, the Ruthless Aggression action figures that went on all the way up until, like, 2009. I mean, the WWE and WWF CDs, Originals, Reckless Intent, um, WW. I mean, we won't do WWF because that really didn't. But uh, you've got the magazines, the Raw and SmackDown magazines. That'll probably just be a short segment because you can't really go all on about the magazines. Yeah. It was kind of just – but it was a cool thing because, you know, you used to roll up to 7-Eleven or the, the little, like, convenience stores and you'd see the Raw the Raw magazine for everything on that show. You'd see the SmackDown magazine for everything on that show. And then they'd have a WWE magazine. Uh, yeah. And it's like, I don't know. It was just – everything – I feel like everything they put a lot more effort into everything that they marketed back then than they do now. I mean, it makes sense because they weren't as big of a company back then. But I mean, in the ruthless aggression era, they it was probably some of the. I mean, obviously, attitude era was their best time. But ruthless aggression era, that shit was popular. Everybody knew who John Cena was. Yeah, everybody knew who John Cena was. You know, Ring of Honor. Hadn't really got its feet wet until like 2003, 2004. So he was still doing weekly pay-per-views, I'm pretty sure, up until then. I think, yeah. I think the real, like, I think the actual first pay-per-view from TNA was Bound for Glory 2005. Like, the actual first, like, official. Like, that wasn't a weekly one? No, no. Well, no, they had pay-per-views. They had, like, Turning Point 04. Well, I know, final... but, like, before they were out. Because they were on, like, yeah. Fox Live I feel like I feel like Bound for Glory was, like, the first big yeah, paper. That was their WrestleMania. I don't know why we're talking about TNA, but I'm sure yeah, it'll man. come up at some I point. Some I mean, AJ Styles did wrestle in the WWF in like 2002 against, against the, the Hurricane, yeah. I think. It was on like, what was that show called? Uh, Velocity? No. Uh, Metal. Jacked. Yeah, Jacked or, or WWF Metal. I don't fucking know. But um, all right, well, let's start off with what we actually came here to talk about, which was Backlash 2002. We talked about. To Jerry and Billy Kidman, you know, they had they had a banger. I mean, they went back and forth. It was a pretty stiff match. Like, like there's one thing you get from Tajiri at, at this point. He and, was kicking his fucking head in. Yeah, like, like he <laughs> You're gonna get your fucking head kicked in. <laughs> Shout out to the American Dragon. Um, but either way, like, you know, Tajiri was was one of the best in-ring guys. From a cruiserweight standpoint, he's really one of the first people that started the cruiserweight division. It was Tajiri, Billy Kidman, and Jamie Noble, and Paul London in like 05, but not for a little while. The, the main people I remember from the cruiserweight division, I don't even really quantify Rey Mysterio with the cruiserweight division at yeah. this point yeah, because no. he was kind of a mid-carter, mm -hmm. but the cruiserweights were, you know... Tajiri, Billy Kidman, and Jamie Noble. That's like the the holy trinity of the cruiserweights when it yeah, started in 02. And, you know, Jamie Noble and Nydia, they would always, you know, <laughs> they would, every every SmackDown, they were jamming their tongue down each other's throats. I remember. They uh, bought the trailer, you remember? <laughs> nah, when Scott Steiner debuted, oh my God. <laughs> he fucking slapped the shit out of her ass. Really? Out of Nydia? When he debuted, he debuted in what, 03? Yeah. He was like, because we're getting so sidetracked. It's but okay. He was like, Eric Bischoff and Stephanie McMahon were fighting to get him on their shows, and he was on SmackDown. And yeah, he just fucking palmed that shit, bro. <laughs> All right. Well, um, 
I mean, like we said, Tajiri and Billy Kidman, they had a good back and forth match. The ending of the match came when I think Billy Kidman went for a powerbomb and Tajiri spit the red mist in his face, got the roll up and got the one, two, three, and then walked out with uh, the new cruiserweight champion because Billy Kidman oh, came in. No. <laughs> Billy Kidman came into this match as the cruiserweight champion, trying to defend it, lost to Tajiri. I want to say Tajiri probably lost it. We'll obviously figure it out as the we review more pay-per-views, but I want to say Tajiri lost it to Kidman, and then Kidman lost it to Jamie Noble, and then it kind of went from there. But I could be completely wrong because, like I said, we didn't get that far yet. But, you know, Kidman and Tajiri went back and forth. Um, I think there was a point where he did like a hurricane run off the top rope to Tajiri. And uh, I don't think there ever was a shooting star press in this match because that's – I think he, he might have went for it. And missed. Yeah, something like that. I, saw, I don't know. But either way, Tajiri becomes the new cruiserweight champion. It was a banger of an opening, opening match. And, you know, I think this is something that the Ruthless Aggression Era was kind of defined as is like the pay-per-views would open up with – the cruiserweights because they knew that they were going to tear the house down every time. There's, there's rarely any point in the, in the ruthless aggression era when the cruiserweights had a bad match, whether it was on a pay-per-view or a SmackDown, there was actually a match that just popped into my head. It was in 2005. You good? Yeah. It was, it was in 2005. Uh, yeah. It was no way out. Oh five. It was like a, like a cruiserweight six man. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Hold on. Is this when Gregory Helms was the champion? No, that was. Uh, oh no, no, because Gregory Helms showed up in the Royal Rumble 2006. Uh, hold on. Let's see. I just want to because I, I can vividly remember that this match was a banger. I bet Kid Cash was in this match. I think he showed up in 06 too. This was before that. What the? F- Here it is. Uh, hold on. Yeah, Chavo Guerrero defeated Funaki, Akio, Paul London, Shannon Moore, and Spike Dudley. Who the fuck is Akio? Akio was with um, Funaki, Akio, and one other person. They made up like the Far East group. Jimmy Wing Yang? No, 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 no. Oh, hold Before on. His time, maybe. Here, Akio. It'll tell me if I click on it's it. It's Jimmy Yang. Oh, it is Jimmy Wang Yang. I knew it. You're right. He was with, um, here, WWE. Tommy Dreamer. The Japanese... Here, wait. He was with Ryan Sakota. He was named Akio. Sato? Aligned himself with Sakota, forming the villainous tag team Kayadai, the henchman of Funa- of Tajiri. Okay, I vividly. Okay, I kind of remember yeah, it, not but vividly. not really. Um, the opposite of vividly. And then Jimmy Wang Yang obviously went to make his like cruiserweight debut in like 06 or 07. As the, as the cowboy. Yeah. As that gimmick. But, uh, all right, so obviously the best match on this show, I think, from top to bottom is going to be the opener. You think so? And, well, I don't know, because obviously there was Eddie Guerrero versus Rob Van Dam. Which... Yo, you're... this match was followed up by fucking Scott Hall and Bradshaw. <laughs> and you're saying that, or you're saying this was the best match? <laughs> well, we got a huge Scott Hall mark over here on the other end. Um, hey, yo. <laughs> hey, yo. It's the bad guy. Razor Ramon. But either way, that match was fucking awful. Like, <laughs> I think the match was like five minutes long, and it was a shitty roll-up. And, you know, X-Pac tried to get involved, 
and then Farouk came out, and then they had a little bit of a brawl. Damn. <laughs> and this was followed up. This was after Mania 18, so there was a little bit of a Stone Cold and an NWO feud still going on at that point. And I think there was a bunch of interference in this match from what I remember. I know. Oh, uh, Scott Hallman? Yeah, I think there was because Farouk came out, but I think. That's because X Pac was trying to interfere. Yeah, X Pac tried to this interfere. This was like the last match I fully paid attention to. And then he got that shitty roll up, and yeah. Scott Hall got the win. Yeah. Um, the bad guy. After that was Trish Stratus versus Jazz. Oh, my God. <laughs> Molly Holly beat the fuck out of her. <laughs> like, literally, she fucking beat the fuck out of her. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, just kind of stacking the deck against Trish Stratus, which was kind of a, a breath of fresh air because, you know, Trish Stratus from 2001 to 2005 or 2006 was always kind of the top diva. Like, I mean, obviously there was Tori Wilson. Lita. It was Lita, Tori Wilson, Stacey Keebler, Trish. and Trish. Yeah, until like Mickey James and like Molina came on the scene in like 2006. Maybe but Ashley Massaro too. Well, the first one who won the Diva Search was who? Christy Hemi or Candice Michelle? <laughs> I don't know. I just remember Christy Hemi's fucking thing. Like her whole run was awful. <laughs> no disrespect. Was she the first Diva during the Ruthless Aggression era to get? I'm not gonna talk about that. Never mind. Never mind. I just remember she like sat on a pie or something. Probably, you know, there was there was a lot of bra and panties matches and bikini contests hey, and what? It's great wrestling. It was... <laughs> <laughs> no, no. We make movies. Yeah, it's, it's family entertainment. Come on, guys. <laughs> we got the F out and we brought the E in. You know, I wore I had that shirt. Get the F out. Yeah, I used to wear it to school all the time. Really? And I got in trouble one time. They're like, you can't be wearing that. I'm like. No, it's not what you mean. It's and, not what it means. It's a good thing. And then they're like, it's had to get the F out. I'm like, so? <laughs> they're like, turn it inside out. I'm like, no. Oh, there was a match on the... Talking, what was it? I had the Bradshaw shirt, too. Like, yeah. It was like, Ass Kickers Anonymous. I used to wear that shit to school, too. What was it? Who? It was Bradshaw, and on the back, it said, like, Ass Kickers Anonymous. Really? Yeah. I don't remember that. I wore the fuck out of that to school. You Dude. know me. <laughs> So Jazz defeated Trish Stratus by submission. Yeah, she um, walked her up in a brutal STF. Yeah, and there was there was some John Cena. there was some brutal. There was, well, it used to be called the STFU, but that that kind of got changed, stupid. just like the FU to the AA. But when we talk about it on the Ruthless Aggression podcast, that shit was the FU. Yeah, it was the fuck you. My <laughs> God, you know what we have to talk about? B squared. Bull Buchanan. That was Bull Buchanan? Yeah. B squared. BB. Bull Buchanan. You didn't know that? No. Oh, my God. I, 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 I didn't. Well, you do now. Uh, like, I, I forgot about B squared for a reason, obviously. But... Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Any fucking gimmicks. They tried to make him a mini big boss man. <laughs> Put him in the right to fucking center. And then he was B squared. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. Um, uh, yeah, so Jazz beat Trish Stratus. There was a point where she landed a fucking brutal powerbomb on her. And, like, yeah. Jazz was a stiff-ass worker. Like She still wrestles. She does? Yeah, an impact. Really? Yeah. Holy She's shit. She's bald. I know that. I didn't, I didn't know if she still wrestled. But, yeah, um, I think she was, like, 
trying to become like the knockout stag champions or some shit. Jazz was like the first. I mean, obviously you could consider China to be one of the first like like hard hitting divas. Yeah. But Jazz was just a bad bitch. Like there was never a point where somebody like when I saw Jazz come out, any match she was in, I always thought she was gonna fucking win. Like I didn't. She she had the the look. Her music was fucking dope. And she just was a, like we said, a bad bitch. Like she came out and. Bad motherfucker. <laughs> but, um, okay. So Jazz defeated Trish Stratus by submission. I think she won the Divas champion or the women's I championship. She Did she? I don't remember. Well, it doesn't say. No, it just says she defeated Trish by submission. Yeah. She's it's the champion though. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah you're right. So I think she was, retained. Yeah. And then uh, after this match, we got into. We're gonna... All right, guys, we're back. And... Zach, what is wrong with you? Okay, well, we're gonna get into a match on this show between one of our favorite superstars overall. I'm wearing the shirt. Jeff Hardy. Two of my favorite superstars, actually. Yeah, Jeff Hardy and Ver- and, and Brock. Last night. Before he had the... Yeah. I don't know what fucking song he had on the show, but it was it was awful. Well, it was... Jeff Hardy and Lita versus Brock Lesnar with Paul Heyman. This was really the first, like... Official Brock Lesnar match. Official pay-per-view match for Lesnar, I think. Yeah, see? Like, you know, I was hyped as fuck for this match. Then, like, I heard Brock Lesnar's theme music, and that's when I just kind of stopped paying attention to the show. Because of the theme music? It took me out. Taz was on commentary to say, oh, here comes the pain. Oh, Mike, here comes the pain. Um, You know, well, either way, this is the perfect, you know, David versus Goliath. And leading up to this match, Brock Lesnar had f 5 Hardy on the stage. Matthew... Nero, or no, Hardy. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that in the fight back. He F5'd Hardy on the stage. I think he threw him off the stage. Maybe. I'm pretty sure he beat the shit out of Jeff Hardy before the match, too. Paul so, Heyman was doing some really pervy shit. Mm-hmm. Didn't he play with uh, yeah, the, yeah. the suitcase full of, like, Lita's lingerie, and he was, yeah. like, throwing it all over the place? Yeah. And either way... Today. Oh, no, no chance. Different time, different place. Either way, Lesnar versus Hardy... Um, you know, I think there's a point where Lita got involved in this match at some. Didn't she like try to? She probably tried to like give him a character on her or some shit. Yeah, she always did. And I know Jeff Hardy came out and started the match with a steel chair. Like he came out, he blasted Brock Lesnar in the fucking head with a steel chair. You know, I fucking I wish they still did this with Jeff Hardy's entrance today. How they'll have like the black light and he'll have like the lone dark yeah. Mm-hmm. That shit was so cool. And, like imagine today in the Thunderdome. Yeah. With all the fucking lasers and shit, they're missing an opportunity. Anyways, it's back on track. Well, they're missing an opportunity with Jeff Hardy to begin with, but we're not going to go that far, losing to Jinder Mahal in three minutes. Can't hinder the Jinder. They won't let Hardy party, bro. Like, what the fuck? That's an AEW thing. What is? Matt Hardy and Private Party. Oh, God. That's a thing. We're going to start talking about AEW on this podcast, too, because... For what's going on in WWE right now, AEW is kind of taking the cake for right now. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, 
I watch way more AEW than WWE now, and I was so against AEW last year. <laughs> so, you know. Orange Cassidy versus Kenny Omega versus Pac. Triple threat. I'm just going to slap titties, bro. <laughs> it's going to, oh, my God. If anyone has a link to watch that show, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> well, like to fight, obviously. Yeah. Wink. Um, either way, let's get back to Brock Lesnar versus Hardy. Um, he came out with the steel chair. Guns are blazing. He was, you know, in the in the stomach, in the head, over and over again, jumping off the top rope. Whispering the wind. Eventually, Lesnar just caught him in midair, picked him up, backbreaker, backbreaker. He fucking yeeted him. Backbreaker. Picked him up over his head, like as high as he could fucking go, and backbreaker again. He's just a beast. The thing Brock Lesnar did back in the day that I really liked was First of all, his clotheslines were fucking insane. And second of all, he would literally pick you up in like a spine buster position and just run you as fast as he could into the corner and then just fucking shoulder block, shoulder block, shoulder block, shoulder block. Just over and over again. And then he'd fucking belly to belly you across the ring. Lesnar in 2002 was a freak in nature. He was a fucking beast. I forgot what show it was. Like he was backstage, and you know, like the thrust or crest to the yeah, show. he would lift. He was he was, he fucking, was curling the yeah. fucking thrust to the SmackDown stage. Fucking amazing. And then there was a point where he fucking when we get to Backlash 03, which that's one of the shows I'm really excited to talk about. That was like that was the shit. Brock Lesnar versus Cena in 03, and in the the the, the video package to that match was fucking insane because I remember they showed. When he fucking F five seen his knee into the into the fucking ring Dude, post. I wish he would like do that still. Yeah. That shit was like oh my god, it was killer. Ooh. I think he did it to, to Ricochet. Maybe. Oh yeah, I think he did. I feel like he did. I remember he like F five like he slider into the barricade. Yeah. So he did it for his kids. I don't give a shit about your kids. <laughs> Dude. Well, either oh, way. Oh my god. This man, he did Zach Gowan. Yeah. Oh, we're going to have to talk about that, too. Didn't they have a match with Vince McMahon and, and Brock Lesnar versus Zach Gowan and Stephanie? Was that No Mercy 03? Something like that. Something like that. Zach Gowan, one hell of a moonsault. Yeah. And dropkick. He was a beast back in the day. Oh, yeah. Um. Well, either way, Brock Lesnar wins this match via technical knockout. He just powerbomb, 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 powerbomb. And the rest stops the match. This was really what TKO. cemented Brock Lesnar as like a force in WWE leading up to his match, obviously, at SummerSlam, Rock versus Brock, which is something we're going to talk about later on. Um, I believe they had a rematch. I think the next pay-per-view is Vengeance 02, and I'm pretty sure they had a rematch between Lesnar and Jeff Hardy and then that was also the debut, or no? Because Vengeance was at o- in like June. Maybe, I Maybe there was one show before that, but Vengeance O two. I remember there's and they have uh, John Cena as the prototype versus Chris Jericho. It's the big show. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, unfortunately, I do. Well, either way, Brock Lesnar defeats Jeff Hardy via TKO. This was one of my favorite matches on the card. It wasn't even really a match. I mean, it only went like five minutes. It was a a murder that we got the witness. I mean, and the thing about this, the Ruthless Aggression era, 
matches didn't really go long unless they were like the big matches. Yeah, like, like the main event. Like in a row, it went nine minutes, five minutes, four minutes, five minutes. And then... Then started to pick up a little bit. Then up next, we got Kurt Angle defeating Edge. Call me Kurt Angle. Um, this was this was a great match. Yeah, no, they have great chemistry. <laughs> Is this yeah. where you stop paying attention? No, I was semi paying attention to this match too. Fucking, I know this led to the hair versus hair, versus hair, hair right? Talk about that. Um, but they went we back and forth. One. There was some really hair versus hair match. Yeah, well, like, you'd lose your hair though. No, nah, no, nah, we doing like the video game. So I actually. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm not taking you on one by one. <laughs> You're like, fuck that. I do need a haircut, but nah. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll run it in not 2K. Fuck that game. Um, we're running in 07. <laughs> Anyways, though, yeah. All right. Kurt Angle defeated Edge. Kirk Angle. In a singles match. This would eventually lead up to the hair versus hair match. I think the next show is Judgment Day. Yeah, that's hair versus hair. Judgment Day 02. You said it wrong. What do you Judgment Day is upon us. Um, Shout out Gary Lynn. So this is a gonna. This was a great match. Um, you know, back and forth. Angle and Edge eventually would. I feel like they teamed up, didn't they? No, it was Benoit Edge or, or Benoit, Benoit and Angle, Angle, Edge and Mysterio. And then the Los Guerreros. That's when the whole tag team tournament came around, and then that led into. Uh, which is at No Mercy 02, was, which was like one of the best, considered one of the best tag team matches of all time, Edge and Mysterio versus Benoit Angle. Oh, yeah. For the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. Yeah, wasn't that like the finals of the... Mm-hmm. I can't wait to talk about that. So, I mean, we, we don't really know much about this match because like we said, we didn't pay much attention. So we're really giving a strong start to yeah. the, the Ruthless Aggression Sorry, podcast. Next episode will be five times better. Oh, 100. I don't want to say ten times because, like, you know, I still want you guys' like expectations low, so we can knock it out of the fucking park. <laughs> Whammy! But um, Angle defeated Edge. I'm pretty sure he won with the ankle lock or the slam, maybe. Oh, well, doesn't say. No, it doesn't say. Defeated. Why it just says defeated Edge. Adam Copeland. But I'm sure it was a great match. Um, oh, he defeated. Wait, wrong show. My bad. My bad. <laughs> My bad, y'all. Oh, yeah, no, he just defeated Edge. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I said, like, submission. Anyways. I know there was some really good belly-to-bellies and, and belly-to-backs from Kurt Angle. That's something you always expected from... Kurt Angle? From the Olympic gold medalist who won the gold medal with a broken freaking neck. And then also the wrestling machine in 2006. That was my favorite angle. That was a pretty good angle, you know. Um... I'd say the best angle, though, was probably, I like this goofy shit that he did, you know? When he had the wig and the... Yeah, that was good. Fucking, was it the 2001 Milkomania? Or when they're fucking him and Stone Cold are singing in the back with the little... Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kurt Angle is just like, I feel like he gets a lot of credit, but at the same time, I feel like he doesn't get a lot of credit, you know? Yeah, his match with uh, Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 21... That was a banger. He had a really good. I he, feel like that match has been stuck on. For yeah, like so long until like a couple recently. Like yeah. Um, another one, you know, him and John Cena had some fucking bangers in 03. Like there was a triple threat match. I think it was No Way Out 05 between The Big Show, Kurt Angle, and John Cena for the. I think it was whoever won became the number one contender for the 
undisputed championship. Yeah, for against JBL. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wait, no way out. Did they say? Yeah. No, then I think it was just Angle. And that was no way out. Oh four. It was no way out. Oh four. Because that's when Angle or uh, Eddie beat Brock for the undisputed title, and there was a triple threat match. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm pretty. Hold on. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. No way out. Two thousand. Fact checks. Yeah, we just want to. I'm pretty sure. I thought this was the fucking freaking. Um... Yeah, Kurt Angle defeated John Cena in Big Show triple threat match to determine the number one contender for the WWE title at WrestleMania 20. Right, but yeah. you, I mean, I but this was the barbed wire steel cage one. Well, yeah, because then this is what led to there was Angle versus Eddie yeah, at Mania. Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. Now right. it makes sense. Now it makes sense. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Let's see. I mean, no way out of four. Jamie Noble defeated Nidia by submission. Okay, that's all we need to see for that show. Um, Spoilers for, you know, like a couple. That's going to be like 20 or 30 episodes from now. Yeah. Because we got to go through all of 02, 03, and then 04. We got this, though. We got this. Oh, we got it for sure. Um, weekly episodes, maybe. Yeah, we're, we're definitely going to have to do weekly or, or some shit like that. Monthly, maybe. No, no. No, if we do monthly, it's going to take like three years. <laughs> By that point, I'm hoping I'm already one of the best podcasts in the world, but I'll still be talking about wrestling. So, um, well, up next, I mean, obviously, Angle defeated Edge. Yeah. Um, some good technical Hunter wrestling, Angle. which is something you're always going to expect from these two. Uh, yeah, after this, it was Eddie Guerrero versus Rob Van Dam. Now, this I did see. I, I paid and attention to this. And you know, Eddie Guerrero took the the Intercontinental Championship yeah. off of Mister Thursday Night. Rob Van. Damn. Actually, he was Mr. Monday Night because he was still on Raw. Yeah, they were both still on Because didn't he wrestle Triple H for the World Heavyweight Championship? That might be 03. That might be 03. But I don't know. This is when Eddie Guerrero like first came back from when he got fired in like 01 or whatever. Eddie yeah. Guerrero's just a goat, man. I know? mean, Eddie Guerrero landed a brutal Hurricane Rana on, on uh, our RBD in this match. He landed a fucking brutal uh, five-star. Well, not even a five. He called it a five-star frog splash, right? Or was it just the frog splash for right. him? Yeah. It was just the frog splash. Yeah. So he landed. The, the way he landed it, he fucking, like, kneed RVD in the head. And RVD sold the shit out of it. Latino. There was a really good suplex to float over pin that oh, RVD yeah. did early in the match. RVD was like. RVD was the shit back then. I remember he had, like, that military press into the fucking back. Yeah. Leg. That shit was fucking He would dope. do the fucking split-legged moonsault. The I mean, the rolling thunder. thunder. The fucking Van Daminator. Van Terminator. He did a Van Daminator with uh, Jeff Hardy in, in Invasion 01 where he like fucking threw the chair at him and he kicked him and he fell off the stage. I, and, I, I remember. And then I think he did a five-star off the stage. No, he did the Rolling Thunder. The Rolling Thunder. Like a table that match was great. I yeah, love Yeah, I've seen that match so many times. Oh, that was like was that, was that the hardcore like ladder? No, that was that was the time. invasion. Yeah, I know that was just a hardcore match. I'm about to say they had a ladder match at SummerSlam one. Really? For the hardcore title, Triple A or, uh, or was it? Yeah, Jeff Hardy and RVD. Mm-hmm. Damn, I don't remember. Well, that was still the invasion. So that's when Booker T lost the WCW Championship to uh, The Rock. I did it for The Rock. Fucking oh man, I remember it was on like the WWE Classics on on demand. Yeah, twenty four seven. Yep. Fucking, I just remember I saw Shane McMahon get fucking needed by Bradshaw in that match. <laughs> he fucking, well, bam, clothesline from hell. Bradshaw has the best clothesline. Oh, for sure. For sure. Oh, bro. For a second, I thought I stopped recording. I got like, 
freaked out. Okay, thank God. We're still recording. <laughs> We're still recording. Um, this, isn't, this is all unedited, too. Oh, yeah, we don't edit anything. Um, But <laughs> uh, what was next? Okay, so go back. So, obviously, Eddie Guerrero defeated RVD, like we said, with that brutal frog splash. Um, a great match. Uh, Eddie Guerrero becomes the new Intercontinental Champion, defeating RVD. Um, Latino heat. From what I remember, I think they had a match on Raw for the for the, for the IC title. The dude went to go like push down the ladder. Yeah. The fan. Yeah. And Eddie fucked. Eddie punched him. Yeah. Is that what you meant when you said he yeeted the guy? No. When, when I said he yeeted. Somebody. I thought you said Eddie Guerrero like yeeted somebody. I think. Or you said Branshaw maybe. Branshaw. Yeah. Yeah. SummerSlam Oh okay. He fucking clothesline from hailed him. Um, up next, can you dig that, sucker? Up next is uh, the Undertaker versus Stone oh, Cold. Stone Cold, and uh, the winner of this match would uh, become the number one contender for the undisputed championship. And Ric Flair, the Nature Boy, was the special guest referee. What? What? <laughs> what? Uh, this match I can't actually talk about because we kind of know what the storyline was heading into this match and what? the whole reason behind this. So if you guys remember at WrestleMania 18, it was Undertaker versus Ric Flair in a street fight. And I remember Undertaker fucking attacked David Flair, right? And he yeah. beat the shit out of him in his, like, wrestling school and was like, tell your father, like, meet me at WrestleMania or something. See, back in the day, they didn't give a fuck. No, sir. And, and, uh... David Flair. And, uh, obviously, <laughs> Undertaker versus versus Stone Cold, the winner becoming the, oh, the number one contender. Yeah. This was uh, this was a good match. It was one of the longest matches on the card, actually the longest match. It went almost a half hour, and um, you know the story behind this was obviously, you know, Ric Flair was trying to screw over the Undertaker because what? because the Undertaker what? stop fucking Stone Cold. Um, either way, wait, what? I'm not doing this shit with you right now. What? Undertaker ended up beating Stone Cold. Um, and the ending came when... It's kind of controversial, if you ask me. Yeah. Well, um, old Stone Cold's foot was on the rope. And I'll tell you what, son. That boy, Ric Flair, <laughs> he crossed the bottom line. Okay. <laughs> I can't do impressions. My bad. It's okay. I, I butchered the fuck out of that. But, you know, what <laughs> that means. <laughs> oh, my God. Stop. What? Um, either way, there was a lot of interference in this match because... The NWO came out, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure the NWO came out to try to attack Stone Cold because yeah, Stone Cold... I think they had a problem with Flair, too. Because Stone Cold... Yeah, but, well, Undertaker had a problem with Flair because Undertaker beat the shit out of Ric Flair. It was it was all about respect at that point yeah. for the Undertaker. Um, Stone Cold and the NWO had a feud going in because Stone Cold beat Scott Hall. Or, uh, yeah, beat Scott Hall at WrestleMania. So they tried to come out to give the Undertaker a win. I'm pretty sure Triple H did Triple H come out no. in this match? I don't think so. I feel like somebody came out. Maybe it was Jericho. No, that was the main event. That was the main event. Jericho okay. Jericho had a promo. I yeah, that was the main event. Kind of skipped over that. I did. Yeah. He just said he was going home, and it was disrespectful. Oh, he didn't have a match. That was Jericho's whole gimmick, and like oh two oh three was just like being a crying whiny little bitch. I mean, he did piss in the tea of William no, Regal. Know. I know, I know. The Duchess of Queensbury match. Oh, my God. That was great. That uh, was great. I just remember the story I heard about, like, him. Like, 
attacking Riggle like before WrestleMania, like the Raw before, and he dressed up as Doink. Yeah. And Shawn Michaels was there high as fuck out of his <laughs> mind and thought that like they were making Jericho be the new Doink. He's like, uh, I wouldn't do that if I were you, man. They're going to ruin you or some shit. They thought they were making Jericho the Shawn new Michaels, Doink because he was so high. He was, yeah, he was fucked out of his mind. Oh, my God. Well, either way, um, the end of this match came when I want to say Undertaker big booted the chair into Stone Cold's face because somebody, the NWO brought out a chair. Then Stone Cold tried to attack the NWO with the chair. He turned around. Ric Flair kind of got distracted or caught in a corner. He turned around. He was distracted. He got big booted. The chair went into the face of Stone Cold. Undertaker hooked the inside leg of, of, uh, it's it's a big difference in wrestling. Stone Cold. Hooked the leg one, two, Stone Cold's foot was on the rope. Ric Flair counts the three, and then Undertaker pulls the foot off the bottom rope. There was a backstage segment where I think Stone Cold was like, my fucking foot was on the rope. Yeah, I think Stone Cold was like stunned Taker before. Yeah, at the end of the match, yeah, he stunned Taker. Um, This would eventually lead into, obviously, Undertaker now is the number one contender for the Undisputed Championship which would lead into the finish of the main event, which was Undertaker versus, or I mean Hulk Hogan versus Triple H for the Undisputed Championship. We have other, obviously one more match to talk about, but we can skip over that one pretty quick. Um, the whole reason oh, behind yeah. this was, well, well, we'll get to that when we get to the main event. Well, well, you got to stay and wait till the end. Yeah, you got you to wait because there's, there's – this match ties into the main event so much and the storyline going into Judgment Day. So, um, get past this finger of a match, though. yeah. Billy and Chuck with Rico defending the SmackDown tag team or just the WWE tag yeah. team championships, WWF, WWF right? Because this boy. was the last WWF show. But when I bought it on VHS or DVD, it was labeled WWE. Well, that's because probably after they released it, it's true. Like- yeah. Well, Billy and I'm Chuck. I'm pretty sure there's like copies of like Just Bring It Out with the WWE logo. Really? Like the Platinum Edition or some shit. Probably. Yeah. Um, Billy and Chuck defeat you Al Snow and. So good. good to me. Oh. I hated them as a kid, but their theme song was pretty lit. Well, Billy and Chuck defeated um, Al Maven. Snow and Maven, which tied into Tough Enough because Tough Enough ended in 2001. Maven eliminated The Undertaker in the Royal Rumble in 2002. Al Snow was like the head trainer for the Tough Enough mm-hmm. guys and really their like mentor when they went into the main roster. And then Al Snow and Maven were going up against for the tag team championships. Long story short, there was a distraction with Rico coming in trying to, you know, attack them. He ends up hitting Chuck, I think, Chuck Palumbo with like a spinning kick. They distract the referee. They turn around. Billy Kid or Billy Kidman. Billy Gunn hits a hits a super kick on Maven, gets the one, two, three, and retains the uh, the WWE Tag Team Championships. This match was pretty short. Again, it only went five minutes, fifty eight seconds. So they got a lot done in the short amount of time that they had. But um, yeah, I mean Billy and Chuck retain, and not really much else to talk about when it comes to that match. And then finally, the main event. Hollywood Hogan, which, which I don't know why the fuck he was still referred to Hollywood as Hollywood Hogan because this was when it was Hulk still rules like uh, like Hulkamania. Release those shirts on. The yeah, shop. yeah, I'd, I'd buy them. I wasn't really a Hulk maniac, brother, but I like this version of Hulk Hogan, brother. <laughs> well, either way, brother, <laughs> brother, big brother, Jack Jetty, dude, brother. <laughs> 
number one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, brother! All right, Hulk Hogan defeats Triple H for the undisputed championship, brother, becoming the new champion. Now, here's what we meant when we talked when we were going to talk about the Undertaker and Stone Cold match. Oh, Undertaker yeah. ends up coming out and costing Austin. Triple Austin. H. Triple H. The- <laughs> Costing Triple H the, the undisputed no. title. And the reason why, he didn't want to face Triple H. He knew that Hulk Hogan was kind of past his prime. He was an old bitch. He was the easy pickings for Big Evil. So he wanted to make sure that Triple H lost. I believe he chokeslammed Triple H to cost him the match. Um, Jericho, came, Jericho out, yeah. came out with a chair. No, you know what? I think that's what happened. Yeah. I think Jericho came out with a chair, went to hit Undertaker, no, he went to hit. Or went to hit Triple H. Triple H and no, no, because he did hit Triple H. He went to hit Hogan then. Yeah, he went to hit, hit Hogan. He hit Triple H. Then Hogan came off the rope with a big boot. Um, Brand got the leg drop. One, two, three. Brother, the big brother, Jack Daddy, dude, Hulk Hogan, brother, becomes you know the why un- he won? because he Undertaker was gonna squash him. Yeah, no, because, you know, putting Triple H wasn't going to work for him, brother. Oh, yeah. Hulk Hogan never wanted to put anyone over. It's not going to work for me, brother. But he any- said his prayers, took his vitamins, and, you know, <laughs> ran wild. Either way, um, brother, Hogan defeats Triple H, becomes the new undisputed champion. Um, the second longest match on the card, 22 minutes, 4 seconds. Um, you know... This was a transitional. Hogan was a transitional champion. I don't think he defended the belt at any point. He ends up dropping it to, well, we'll talk about that when we get to the next show. No spoilers. But, you know, this leads into Hogan versus Undertaker. The rematch. And the reason Undertaker obviously won the number one contenders match, he didn't want to face Triple H because he knew it would be a harder match. He knew that he... That Hulk Hogan at this point was going to be easy pickings for him. He was an he was he was the old man, you know. He had to put over, you know. The brother had to take one, you know, for uh, for Big Evil. He cost, you know, cost Triple H the title, which eventually would lead to a triple threat between Undertaker, The Rock, and Triple H for the undisputed championship. So this whole dynamic of of Hulk Hogan winning the title would eventually just lead to a, a trifecta fatal four-way type thing between Taker, Brock Lesnar, who at this point wasn't really well-established in the WWE or WWF at this point. This was the beginning of Lesnar was this pay-per-view. He it's goes into the, the trifecta. Yeah, the, the beginning. They knew that the pain was coming. Here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it would lead into a triple threat at Vengeance with – um, bro, the Rock versus Angle versus uh, Undertaker, yeah. and then I mean, obviously, you still had. Oh wait, we forgot to mention in the style match on Backlash of two. Three, yeah, two. Oh, two. Hulk Hogan hit the RKO, brother. He did. He did it good too. The RKO, brother. He hit an RKO. Um, bro. No, not bro. <laughs> he hit the RKO, but at the end of the day, um. Hollywood Hogan became the new undisputed champion, which would again, like we said, would lead into the match between Undertaker and Hogan at Judgment Day 02. And then this this was all kind of like a appetizer for vengeance and then leading into SummerSlam because SummerSlam was the big show for, for this year early on. I mean, you had Rock versus Brock, you had 
Triple H versus Shawn Michaels. And the whole storyline with that was Shawn Michaels got attacked backstage, got his head put through well, a car window. Yeah. And Triple H fucking. No, so they were trying to bring DX back and everything was good. And then like the next week on Raw, I remember they they went like he was waiting for Shawn Michaels to come out. And then they went to the backstage and Shawn Michaels was laid out. So for a long time they were trying to figure out who did it to Shawn Michaels and nobody knew. And then eventually the, the footage got released that Triple H fucking slammed his head through the car window. Piece of shit. And then it led to Triple H versus Shawn Michaels in the street fight. At uh, or like a no holds barred at at SummerSlam. Yeah. SummerSlam O two was fucking dope. Kurt Angle versus Rey Mysterio. You had um, or Brock versus Rock. You had Triple H versus Shawn Michaels. I think you had like Undertaker versus like Test. Really? Maybe. Probably. That sounds about right. But what's the show that is like RVD versus Taker in the hardcore match? Is that Vengeance Cell one? Yes, I think so. Damn, we missed it by that much. Damn. Maybe well, a bonus episode. Yeah, maybe. You never know. Well, I mean, we kind of covered everything for this show. Again, it wasn't the best episode to start us off, but we had to get it out. Um, Backlash was a good show. Like I said, if we were going to pick the best matches, I think it has to go to Tajiri and Kidman and then Eddie and RVD and then Angle versus Edge in that order. Um, back when I was a kid, I would say my favorite match was probably – Undertaker versus Stone Cold because everyone wanted yeah. to see that. And it happened so many times, and Taker and Stone Cold always had really good chemistry. So Highway to Hell, but 97 or whatever, right? Or I would add SummerSlam 98. 98 yeah, right. but either way, I mean, this was the, the beginning of the WWE. This was the ending of the WWF. This got the F out. It transitioned us into the Ruthless Aggression Era, yes. out, out of the Attitude Era because the Attitude Era ended in 2001 – Early 2002 transition into the Ruthless Aggression Era. So this is where we had to start off. But I think that's it for this episode. We kind of covered everything. Um, up next will be the next pay-per-view, which I believe, like we said, is Judgment Day 2002. So we're going to have that up for you guys probably Hopefully. next week. Yeah. We'll try to do it once a week. And, uh, yeah, that's going to be it. Obviously, I still do my MMA predictions. Um, you know, this is just a new thing we're going to try. So, you know, give us your feedback. If there's certain storylines you want us to cover in the Ruthless Aggression Era, certain products that came out, certain storylines. Video games, maybe. Yeah, action figures. Anything that has to do with the Ruthless Aggression Era, it's, nothing is off limits. We can do a whole special on the tribute to the troops. Ooh, I, man, I love watching those. Yeah. The arenas and shit. Yeah. Oh, those were so dope. All right, well, this is going to be it. You've got your boy Vince and Double M. And the first episode of Touch Em Up, Ruthless Aggression, the first pay-per-view reviewed is Backlash 2002. It's time to get the F out. Peace.